Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by Sean Hooley. Just like last week, we've had a few quarterly earnings presentations this week, so be sure to check out what we don't cover over on Mass Device, but we kept it to one earnings story today as per usual, but we also included some other interesting stories of expanded FDA indications and even a manufacturer restarting production. So let's just get into it. It's time to explore those recent happenings in medtech. Sean, can you give us a preview of what we're going to talk about today? Sure. So we'll start with the quarterly earnings report from Hologic. Teleflex 1 expanded indication for its hemostatic device. Abbott's Freestyle Libre 3 is covered by Medicare and now available in the U.S. Integra Life Sciences plans to resume manufacturing in Boston, and Baxter has a Class 1 recall of some infusion pumps. So let's take a closer look at that earnings story first. So Hologic stock was down this morning. That is Tuesday, August 1st this morning. On third quarter losses, the company still topped Wall Street expectations, but there are some question marks over the future. How did Hologic sales perform during the quarter and what factors contributed to its performance? Well, sales of just over $984 million for the three-month period topped Wall Street forecasts of $962.6 million but it was nearly 2% year-over-year sales decline, primarily driven by lower sales of COVID-19 assays compared to last year. So even with that, revenues still exceeded Hologic's guidance for between $930 million and $980 million. So from the company's perspective, they still performed better than expected, but some of the Wall Street people are less inclined to agree. And what were the main growth drivers for Hologic during the quarter? Growth came from the company's breast health business, which saw revenues grow 27.4% year-over-year. The company attributed that to higher capital equipment revenue and an improving semiconductor chip supply environment. Surgical revenue ticked up 13.9% thanks to strong results from the hysteroscopic portfolio at Logic. Now, you briefly mentioned the analyst perspective, but what is their perspective in full? Yeah, so BTIG analysts maintain their neutral rating for Logic, worrying about reductions in growth and cash flow, and they have some concerns over what normalized margins will look like in a post-COVID-19 setting. They wrote that they believe Hologic as a business is still improving overall, and the long-term growth targets look achievable, but near-term macroeconomic conditions could hamper the company with inflation and supply chain issues, plus the slowing COVID-19 revenues. They worry that there may be downward revisions to adjusted EPS numbers ahead, so it's definitely one to watch. Interesting. All right. Now we can shift from the financial part of the update into some other news. Sure. Teleflex 1 expanded FDA indication for its Quick Clock Control Plus hemostatic device. This ought to expand the addressable market for Teleflex with the device it acquired through its purchase of Z-Medica a couple years ago. So what is that expanded indication and what specific bleeding conditions does it now cover? The expanded indication for the hemostatic device includes mild and moderate bleeding and cardiac surgical procedures. It also includes bone surface bleeding following a sternotomy. The device also has expanded uses to include patients on anticoagulation or antiplatelet medication, and it can treat patients with or without autotransfusion equipment and can be used with or without cardiopulmonary bypass systems. And how does this increase its versatility in treating different patient populations? Indication expansion allows clinicians to use the device to control all bleeding and cardiac surgical procedures. Teleflex says that this enables device utilization across a wider patient population and breadth of surgical procedures. Interesting. What are executives saying? 
Kevin Robinson, the president and GM at Teleflex for anesthesia and emergency medicine, said that the company is excited to provide an additional tool to address bleeding control for cardiac surgeons. And Teleflex looks forward to supporting positive patient outcomes in these procedures through the expanded use potential of the Quick Clot Control Plus devices. Now let's shift to some diabetes news. Abbott's Freestyle Libre 3 Reader is now available and covered by Medicare, so more good news for Abbott's diabetes business and for a large population of CGM users. How does the Freestyle Libre 3 Reader work, and how does it pair with Abbott's latest continuous glucose monitor sensor? Yeah, so the whole system cleared by the FDA last year all pairs together. According to Abbott, patients who may not have a compatible smartphone can use the reader. And all other patients can continue to access glucose readings through the Freestyle Libre 3 app, which sends readings directly to the app on patients' smartphones without requiring scans. But obviously, this sort of gives users the choice whether they want to use their smartphone, whether they want to use a separate device that's specifically designed for those readings. And yeah, it just it allows more patients to have the freedom to live with their sensor in the way they see best possible. That sounds interesting, and it sounds like it could reduce financial barriers and improve access to this kind of innovative continuous glucose monitoring technology. How has the Medicare coverage update impacted access to the system? Yeah, so this past spring, the Medicare coverage update kicked in, expanding access, including people with diabetes who receive insulin treatment or have a history of problematic hypoglycemia. With that update in place, there are more Libre users that can gain access to this reader through the Medicare channel. And from Abbott's perspective, it's significantly contributed to growth in the diabetes business, with more people eligible to get on their CGM through Medicare. Can you provide any insights into Abbott's pipeline activity and plans for the second half of 2023 in the diabetes care business? Definitely. There's a lot going on. In addition to the U.S. Medicare expansion, uh, last month, France authorized Libre reimbursement to include all people who use basal insulin as part of their diabetes management. So that's a huge market expansion in France. Integration opportunities are coming up with, you know, they expect to integrate Libre into the tandem diabetes care insulin pumps in the U.S. this year. They've already announced progress in integrating the previous generation Freestyle Libre 2 into the Omnipod 5 insulin delivery system. Freestyle Libre 3 received United Kingdom authorization for automated insulin delivery this year, and the company also expects to begin a trial on a glucose ketone dual sensor trial in the fourth quarter. The company plans to convert Freestyle Libre 2 users to streaming, switching from scans to real-time streaming through an app update. The first conversion to streaming took place in the UK recently, so there's yeah a lot going on with Abbott's diabetes business. What's the next news story that we should know for today? Integra Life Sciences plans to resume manufacturing in Boston. Positive business update for the company, having stopped those operations a couple months ago. So why did it stop manufacturing to begin with? So Integra voluntarily recalled all tissue-related products made in Boston and distributed between March of 2018 and May 22nd of this year. The recalled products included Surgimend, Prematrix, Revise, and Tissuemend, and according to the company, an internal investigation found deviations with endotoxin testing as a result of a release of products with higher levels of endotoxins than permitted by the product specifications. Higher levels of endotoxins can induce an immune response, including a postoperative fever. So how has Integra addressed the manufacturing problems in its Boston facility since the recall and what measures have been taken to strengthen leadership and project management? CEO Jan DeWitt said the company over the past few months has strengthened its leadership and project management in Boston. 
made investments and brought in outside subject matter experts. A third-party auditor is also assessing the progress and key milestones over the project's course. So the company has definitely taken it upon itself to try and amend this. It sounds like it. And when will it start up manufacturing again? Project plan has Integra Life Sciences resuming manufacturing in Boston by the end of the fourth quarter of this year. DeWitt said that the company's building inventory to support its commercial launch by the second quarter of next year. Gotcha. And speaking of recalls, what's the last thing that we should know for today? Baxter warned on some infusion pumps due to potential false alarms. The FDA classified it as class one, the most serious kind. What is the issue behind this recall? Baxter issued an urgent medical device correction due to an increase in reported false upstream occlusion alarms following software upgrades for specific infusion pumps. The notice said that the upgraded software may cause an alarm for upstream occlusion when one isn't present. That can lead to an interruption or delay of therapy, potentially causing serious adverse health consequences for users, hence the class one recall. So how many devices were recalled and have there been any reports of injury? Baxter recalled nearly 23,000 devices in total, receiving 131 complaints, three reports of injury, and no reports of death related to the issue. What devices are affected and what resolution is the company offering? The recall affects the Spectrum V8 and Spectrum IQ with Dose IQ safety software infusion systems. Baxter said it intends to contact all affected customers to schedule a software reversion to fix this issue until completed. False upstream occlusion alarms can occur on impacted pumps at a higher rate. Customers can continue using the pumps by following on-screen instructions, and they can refer the operator's manual. If a customer fails to resolve an upstream occlusion alarm, they should unload and reload the set. That's all the news that we have for today. But Sean, thank you for coming on and giving us your time and expertise to deliver all this news and insight to our listeners. No problem. Read more on the Mass Device website. Check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. How about you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.